Welcome back to Lakes Woods and Irons, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Colin McDonald with you. Also Chris Foley, of course, and uh, some guests coming up today. On, and find us on Facebook as well at Lakes Woods and Irons and Podcast MN. Good landing spot for Minnesota podcasts as well. That thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2020 Buicks. Chris, uh, you did a little uh, cross-country action this week and uh, and uh, tried to catch up on as much golf as you could. I know you're a golf news junkie, but uh, <laughs> uh, you took your took your son Joe to a pretty cool job. Yeah, we uh, Joe had uh, he graduated this spring from Gustavus and um, had originally had a job lined up with the Jim McLean Golf Schools in Miami, and um, with COVID got got laid off before he started and had been uh, working with working for me all summer like he's done the, the past few years and had a great opportunity with uh, Sea Island Resort come up uh, in the last couple of weeks which was which really worked out neat because that was really his first uh, choice of where he wanted to go work when he when he got out of school and kind of a dream position for him and he uh, started there this uh, just mon- Monday of this week and we drove him down Friday night or all day Friday and part into Saturday. And then, uh, I flew back on Sunday afternoon. So <laughs> kind of been on a whirlwind. Yeah, you sure have. And that's, it's going to be a great opportunity for Joe. You're and, uh, talk about a learning experience coming up. Yeah, it's it's such a, it's a fantastic place. And they've got, uh, gosh, four or five top 100 teachers that, that, teach at the golf academy there as well as there are about 30 tour players who uh live and play and practice there so um I, I, joe's joe's feet haven't touched the ground in about three weeks <laughs> yeah that's great yeah i had a good yeah good opportunity to have a conversation with him a, maybe a week before he left so that was fun um the tour this week kind of fun jim herman an unheralded guy he does have three wins which i guess i didn't realize he had a couple other wins and uh Boy, he was steady against a pretty good uh, uh, whole bunch of birdies being made at the Wyndham on uh, Saturday and Sunday. He just hung in and hung in and hung in and kept playing his game and not a long hitter and uh, got the victory. That was uh, you and I have talked about this time of year a lot with the uh, FedEx Cup, the top 125 move on uh, and down to 70 this next week. But that 125 number is magical for PGA guys, isn't it, Chris? Oh, it's big because it, it, you know if you make the FedEx Cup, it gets you in a uh, some other events for the year, and um, you know just just quali- qualifying for the FedEx Cup, I um, you know I think is worth about three hundred thousand dollars alone, even if you if you don't move, advance to the next week. So it, it, it's a big deal, and yeah, Jim Herman, it's a, such an interesting story. He shoots 61, 63 on the weekend, uh, lowest. Uh, final two round score uh ever and you know he's missed uh 14 of 17 cuts over the past year he's got two other wins and in a similar story you know he, he he doesn't make a lot of cuts but he you know when he does play well he, he plays really well yeah so, that was that was fun to see i, I think uh yeah. um he probably wouldn't be your pick even looking at the leaderboard coming into the final few holes but uh he managed to hold everybody off and get the win. I was interested in uh, Rod Oppenheim. He uh, is 40 years old. He's an 18-year-old, 18-year 18 journeyman out there. He's had uh, minor 
Canadian Tour wins. Wichita Open on the Corn Ferry Tour in 2015 was the last time he won a title. And uh, I think, if this is correct, he jumped from 145 to 78 in the ratings on the FedEx Cup. And, of course, that would that would put him and, and get him that 300000 you were just talking about, right. Chris, and uh, try to make it again this week. But what a thrill for a guy who just... Uh, just battles 18 years out there trying to trying to uh, secure a spot on the tour the next year and coming close some years and making it some years it's a it's a fight out there well yeah it's a you know for those guys who are there's some of these journeymen you know you, th- you we think about Justin Thomas and and Rory and and uh, you know the John Roms of the world but that you know that those players from from 100 to 150 on the money list who, you know, are out there playing every week and, you know, scratching by making a few cuts and missing a few cuts and just barely retaining your, your tour card. It's a, even though they still make a, a, a great living, if they're in that category, it's, it's a, it's a different lifestyle. I mean, you're not, you're every, every week you're one, you know, you're, you're thinking about maintaining, retaining your tour card. And, uh, what are you going to be able to do next year? And, there's not a lot of security there. No, and a lot, not a lot of picking and, you know, maybe I'll play here, maybe I'll play there like some of the top 25 do. Um, they're playing every week if they can because right. <laughs> you never know when they might get hot, get a breakthrough that, that throws them up there in the big money or, or marginally big money. Plus those guys, they're also good. Like you say, 100 to 150 uh, is probably, if, 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 you're, if you were IT it up with them, most likely the best guy we've ever played with. Oh yeah, there's there's no question. I mean, 150th in the world is, you know, better than everybody except 149 guys on the planet. <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, and if you, I, I you know, I, I love looking at stats, but you know, the, the difference between the the Corn Ferry Tour and the PGA Tour, and then the European Tour, the 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 European Tour is maybe a slight step above the corn ferry tour but but very little um but so i was i was reading the difference between the pj tour and the european tour which you know again another 200 players so they they'd all be within the top you know between one and 300 in the world probably uh is one shot per round yeah. Which 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 is a lot. So it's four shots over. So the average player on the PGA Tour is four shots better than the average player on the on the European Tour, who that guy's still in the top three hundred in the world. Sure. Yeah. They're so, real good. <laughs> yeah. 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 They can. You can make a living at at that range too. But like yeah. you say, it's a kind of a tough life out there for the journeyman players who are away from their families without being millionaires kind of thing. You know, it's uh, not that money solves everything, but it's easier if you can if you can uh, really get to be in the elite category. Yeah, Stacy sure. Lewis wins as well, and uh, I was watching Golf Channel, and and uh, her her first victory as a mom was kind of the yes. uh, was kind of the uh, message, which was pretty cool. That is cool. She, you know, one of the you know I think thirteen tour wins over her career, and uh, was the number one one lady player in the world, and uh, so her first win in almost two years after having a baby. So it's uh, that was neat to see. Yeah, and Kang came marching back again. She was 
I don't know, a half dozen shots back, I think, on Sunday when the day started. But she almost got there again. That Danielle Kang is playing some golf. She is really playing well, I think. You know, she her her boyfriend or fiance is at Maverick McNeely who has his tour card, and she she played a lot of golf over the over the lockdown with him and and some other uh, tour players in Las Vegas, and I think she really I don't know if that just gave her some confidence playing with those guys that how well she was playing, and she has come out since the restart and boy two wins and a top five here and is really playing well. She is, yeah. Then on the senior tour, Jerry Kelly, kind of a popular guy. He's, he wears his heart on his sleeve, certainly, a little bit of a temper once in a while. But uh, when he gets dialed in, he can make a lot of birdies. And uh, senior tour was on a tough tough track, though. I think four under maybe was the winning score, which is is, is, is high for this year. Yeah, it, uh, it very hard, very difficult golf course. And, so they're in a week uh, two of five weeks, or two of the next five weeks, they have ma- senior majors. So uh, over the next three weeks, two more major championships for the seniors. All right. We'll be back with uh, some guests, including Glenn Hagberg from uh, the Classic. He'll be with us. That's up next on Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Go. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Find us there. And uh, Podcast MN, good landing spot for Minnesota podcasts. We're also under Lakes, Woods, and Irons there. Thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2020 Buicks. This segment also brought your way by Holiday Stores uh, in Cross Lake. So uh, stop into Holiday and get your snacks, your beverages, your fuel, and uh, head to the golf course, right? Chris, a special guest, old friend of ours, and back again with us probably one more time this season. <laughs> Hard to believe we're saying that already, but oh, it is. some big events coming up in the, go- in the golf world and always something going on at Madden's. Yeah, it's nice to always nice to have back head professional at Madden's, Glenn Hagberg. Glenn, welcome to the show. Hi, good afternoon, guys. Glenn, you let me on the practice range the other day. I don't know if you stuck around, but you could see I needed it, so... I appreciate that. <laughs> well, it was nice. It was nice to see you out there. <laughs> Let's uh, Glenn, go ahead, Chris. Glenn, the uh, golf week ratings just came out a, a week or ten days ago, and the classic again was right, uh, right towards the top. That's ni- always nice to see. Yeah, awesome. Uh, it is always nice to see it, and um, uh, the. Dispatch did a real nice story on. Um, we're we're pretty spoiled here, and I think uh, when you have it right in your backyard, a lot of people don't realize uh, how how good they have it. But uh, three courses in the Brainerd area on the uh, top ten best in state list um, that Golf Week put out, and and uh, the Classic and Deacon's Lodge had kind of been a fixture on that list, and the Preserve popped on this year, which is which is awesome and it sure is a testament to the uh the quality of golf that we have in this area so well you know if you look around the country and look at that list you don't see too many places that have a higher concentration of great golf than we do in the Brainerd lakes area yeah that's right that's right also nice article in dispatch today about your colleague tom kinsley out there at madden's and uh, his uh, long career in the golf world in our community glenn yeah that's right i I uh, I saw that Tom tipped me off that uh, um, he was going to be speaking with them yesterday and 
and so that was a that was a real nice story and i saw that um they kind of featured scott uh in the last week as well and and i think that's a pretty cool thing that they're doing to to recognize um some people in in our industry and in our golf and and you know uh key people that have been very involved and influential in our our community and and the tourism industry and and um it's sure a nice recognition of some people that have worked very hard for for a long time and and just really really good quality people so yeah with our owners and long and the uh, the, the builders of the courses back when and the and the next generation that followed there's that, that old expression about standing on other people's shoulders you know and i think there's a lot of that in the golf world mm-hmm. in brainerd we're lucky to have the the background and the uh, kind of the uh, firm foundation that was established here yeah, absolutely. There's sure an appreciation for, you know, what this area was and, and what it's become and the hard work that it's uh, taken and, and the risks that were taken, um, uh, you know, a few years back to, to invest in, in the area and um, make it what it is today. So it's uh, it's nice to keep that story going and, and that the story's, um, you know, being told here through the dispatch, which is which is great. So. One thing you guys really have in common, Chris and, and Glenn, is is uh, kind of building on that tradition with the younger generation of golf. Just happened that uh, when I went out to uh, practice a little bit yesterday, uh, Glenn, some of the kids were there, and I've seen Chris working with the kids many times as well. I know uh, you two have a real passion for that side of the game. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun. You, uh, the the stuff the kids come up with uh, when they're out there. Um, is uh well it's hysteria <laughs> but uh they're enjoying you know their enjoyment for the game their um the you know the expression on their face when when um they hit a good shot or they you know kind of comprehend something um and you know they they just tend to focus on the the positive and and uh, as opposed to maybe later in life you you know fixate on the one bat you know a bad shot that you hit in the round and, and can't get past that. But the kids are just a, a joy to have out there and, and a lot of laughs. And um, I know we talked about it earlier in the year too, but it's, it's been just a, a really refreshing and great to see the amount of families and, and kids out playing golf on the golf courses this year. So, yeah, you know, Glenn, I think the, the, the challenge for us moving forward there's so many more kids that have played golf this summer because of the, they haven't been able to play some of the other sports that they typically do in the summer is, is, is keeping these kids in the game. And, um, you know, as you and I know, once you get hooked, it's, it, it's hard to leave the game, but the demands of, of their time are such that uh, if, when the other sports are going on, they don't get to play as much. So I'm, I'm hoping this is a, is a continued trend rather than just a, uh, just kind of a spike this summer. Yeah, I agree. I it'll be very interesting. Um, I think five years down the road to look back on 2020 and and see um, there's uh, definitely some opportunity for this to just um, you know catapult golf into uh, um, everyone's agendas during the summer. Um, but yeah, like you said, you know it's oh well, it's it's yeah, it's just it's been interesting seeing the the increase in rounds throughout the Brainerd area throughout the state this year with um you know people playing you know people playing a lot more golf this year and uh I guess you know one I mean 
one of the one of the main factors is that there's just less things competing for their time. So it will be very interesting to look back a couple years down the road and see if uh, uh, you know people get the golf bug and, and stick with it, or if um, you know we kind of revert back to uh, competing for people's times. But it's sure it's sure I think people sure have seen what a great game golf is that you can be outdoors and um, in a healthy environment and get exercise while you're doing it and compete and be able to play uh, across, you know, different skill levels and, and multi-generations. That's what makes this game so great. So no question. Glenn, it's hard to believe we're already into uh, late August here and, and, the fall of our golf season it, uh, I, I know the classic and Madden's always has a lot going in the fall. Tell us about some of the things that are coming up. Yeah, thanks. It's uh it's a fun time of year. September is uh, no, a lot of times, normally the busiest month of the year on the courses. Um, and uh, you know, there's a reason for that. The, the weather's perfect. Normally um, you get, 65 70 degree weather the courses play uh in peak condition and and play fast and firm the leaves start changing and it's uh it's a great time to get to the Brainerd lakes area so uh no no different this year the courses are really really in good shape uh scott Mady, jeff jenkins uh lucian and their crew have done a great job this year and uh the courses are really tip top um we have a play it all promotion that we do kind of the last month of the season where you can play all four courses for $99 and, and then just pay a cart fee and you can use those rounds anytime uh, in the last month of the year. So that starts about mid September and that's certainly our most um, popular uh, kind of, you know, special or, or promotion for people uh, in the lakes area or cabin owners, even getting out to kind of the St. Cloud area and whatnot. So, um, so a nice opportunity to be able to get out and play some golf uh, and take advantage of that if you're able, and and then a few events to finish out the season. We have a we were able to pull together a nice event to support the Brainerd Amateur Hockey Association and the and the Amateur Brainerd Amateur Sports Foundation um, uh, at the um, on Monday, August 31st, and and that event is about half full. It's a four-person scramble on the classic. And uh, that's going to um, go to uh, raise some funds for the hockey arena in town. And, um, you know, one of the things that probably a lot of people don't realize is that, that our, our situation here in Brainerd is very unique. Most hockey arenas are, um, you know, owned and operated by cities and municipalities or uh, affiliated with like schools, high schools, colleges. And, and so there's less than 10 hockey arenas in the state of Minnesota that are like we have in Brainerd that are uh, run by a nonprofit foundation um, that receives no funding from, um, you know, state or, or government entities. So, uh, so not having the ice in and be being able to, uh, you know, run that um, has certainly, you know, presented some challenges for, for uh, another sport that kids like to do in the area. And so, and so if there's people that are able to come out and play in a, a fun golf event on the Classic and, and support the Amateur Hockey Association, it's a nice opportunity to support the, the kids in the local area. And then uh, kind of a, a couple events at the very end of the year that um, 
uh, you know, have seemed to catch on pretty well on the classic uh, last Sunday in September, the 20, Sunday, September 27th, we have our 666 shootout, which is uh, pretty, pretty close to full from what I'm hearing. The sports boosters run the registration for that. And then the first Saturday in October um, is our chili challenge tournament, which is kind of a tough day. Superintendent's revenge uh, <laughs> tournament on Pine Beach West, which is pretty fun. So. A lot of good stuff going. Glenn, you know, going back to that play at all, has, has anybody ever done all four courses in one day? Uh, that's a great question. And I, I, with quite a bit of certainty, I can say no, I do not think so, um, which then uh, makes it quite – being that nobody has ever done it once, the amount of people when you kind of say, hey, have you ever heard of our play at all pass? Here's how it works. The amount of people whose first question is, do you have to play all four rounds in one day? <laughs> 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 like, uh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah. You know, Still a good bargain, but you're exhausted. <laughs> I, I, I've always wanted to do that myself, but walk. And this yeah. may be the fall for it, Glenn. Yeah, you. I know you've you've mentioned that idea before in uh, you know for uh, in one you know one capacity what for maybe a fundraising opportunity yeah. or maybe just for you know kind of pure enjoyment. But uh, yeah, it, I that's a challenge that I need to take on myself too. Might you have know, to I, find a little daylight on that one. That time of the year is the thing. Yeah, I I played seventy two holes at Sand Valley. Well, I didn't. I should precursed that i didn't quite make all 72s but i played in the summer solstice there and mm. almost played all 72 holes in one day i think i could the walk would be much easier at, at madden's than it was at sand valley so that, yeah. may, that may be a little fall challenge for me there you go that'd be cool I like, I'll, <laughs> I'll ride along next to you in the cart chris <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, some great opportunities in the fall as well. The, uh, like you say, the uh, vistas kind of change. It gets so beautiful out there, and uh, lots of great uh, dining experiences at Madden's as well, and and on the lake experiences. Yeah, the uh, the restaurants will be going all the way through the fall, and and uh, it's been a you know it's been a good year for the restaurants. Uh, I think the the neatest th- or I, the neatest thing is the outside dining. Um, which has been kind of preferred by a lot of people. And, and in most uh, areas, um, the, the Classic has added a few tables outside at the grill, um, the uh, outside dining on the deck at the Madden Inn as a, as a part of uh, Fairway's restaurant, and then um, also the uh, patio down at Mission Point, right down right down on the point at, uh, at the Madden Lodge. Um, but uh, yeah, some great great spots to come on. Everything is open to the public. Uh, reservations are available and encouraged. But uh, you'll always always get a good meal at Madden's, no matter where you go. So. That is for certain. Yeah, that's another thing, Chris. You're pretty good at. I am. I've I've been known to have a few meals at Madden. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, you've you've also got a great new uh, event venue uh, at Madden's. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, um, it the the pavilion at Madden's. There was a long-standing, you know, kind of pavilion that was 
uh, kind of tucked away. You could almost drive through Madden's for years without even maybe noticing it back there. But now it's it's quite a structure, and and Norsan did a wonderful job um, designing and building it for us. And um, it uh, uh, it has been you you know it's it's begun to be utilized for different things. It's a it's a great wedding venue. It's um, kind of right on the little peninsula um, by. Uh, Parfecto Pizza and the, the Tennis and Croquet Center for those that are familiar with Madden's um, uh, but it is right on the lake it's beautiful um, uh, and uh, it's it's designed for some very very nice um, outdoor private private dinner functions um, private functions weddings uh, and I think the uh, the chamber has a really nice event coming up here in the next couple days that uh, I think it's going to be maybe the first time that a lot of local people have come out and seen the new facility. So, Yeah, I haven't been in it, inside of it, but I've certainly driven by it a number of times and it looks just spectacular. Yeah, I think, uh, it, you know, the, the uh, it was our biggest challenge right now is that uh, it was designed to be kind of a, a private event space, but it's so you know, kind of, um, attractive that, that, you know, a lot of our guests are just kind of going and, and hanging out down there cause it's such a nice space. So. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Glenn, we sure appreciate you taking the time today. And, uh, one of these days I'll tell you what, you and I throw our bags on the cart and, uh, Chris walks <laughs> and we all go play together. Yeah, that'd be, that would be great. The fall is a good time to year to do that. The, phone rings a little bit less at the end of the year and, and it becomes a lot more relaxing and enjoyable so. <laughs> yeah for you guys are always working you too yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> well thanks thanks a lot for having me on the show guys uh, a couple times this year and thanks for your support of of golf in the lakes area and you guys do a great job so thank you thank you thanks Glenn. a lot Glenn. you're listening to lakes woods and irons on 1380 kliz Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Find us on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons, and also uh, Podcast MN, the new landing spot for Minnesota podcasts. Also just uh, Lakes, Woods, and Irons there you can find us. And uh, thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2020 Buicks. Chris, very special guest uh, back with us after I think a couple of years. So nice to have him back. I'll let you handle the introductions. I want to welcome Mike Neapolon to the show. Mike is with Super Speed Golf, which is a speed training system, and um, I, which is something that I've used with a lot of my students, and I've recommended to a lot of people. And it's it's kind of the one thing that I know if they discipline in using it that they're going to increase their clubhead speed. So, Mike, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, guys. Mike, tell, before we get started, tell us a little about Super Speed and what, what you guys do. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we, we started Super Speed Golf about six years ago now. Um, so it's not necessarily new, but we've continued to try to innovate and find the best ways to help players increase their swing speed. Um, the main system that we've been using is something that we call overspeed training. So that's what our... our you know, standard super speed golf training system really works around is overspeed training, which is really just a neuromuscular training uh, where we're not really trying to make the player physically stronger. We're not trying to change their mechanics. 
We're not really affecting their equipment that much. Really what we're doing is trying to access speed that that player is already capable of producing, that their body's already capable of producing. But for whatever reason, you know, through maybe injuries or past experience or, you know, even trying to be too technical with their swing, their brains kind of put limiters on how fast their body is normally responding when they pull the trigger on the golf swing. So by using some lighter weight clubs and, and allowing that player to move faster, um, in a very simple sense, we can sort of prove to the brain that their their body is capable of making that faster swing, and we see you know pretty much immediate improvement in swing speed. Yeah, for sure. I in the last year, I've I've done a few studies on with, with some of my students, and um, you know anybody who uses it on a consistent basis picks up. And I've we've actually had some really significant jumps in speed. I've had a couple mm-hmm. girls who have picked up 30 yards with the driver, you know, over 10 miles an hour club head speed. And then a Excellent. couple of boys that have been in the five to eight mile an hour range. So it mm-hmm. definitely works if you do it. Yeah. Like I said, it, it's one of those things that's, it's, you know, very scientifically based on what we're trying to do. It has, you know, roots in, in a lot of different like motor performance uh, type science. It's not just, you know, we're, we're, using some type of like training aid that might affect some type of mechanic of the swing. I mean, this really is a, a, you know, real neurological process of how people move. And we're just, you know, really just, again, proving to that player's brain that they can move faster. And we, because of that, it's a different and new type of training that, you know, most players have never tried before. So it's like anything that you're going to, you're going to pick up from basically ground zero you know, the initial gains that you can get on it are usually fairly large because it's something that's new and you've never done before. You know, we've seen that to remain true from amateur golfers through professionals all over the world. Mike, a consistent theme when I give a lesson is almost everybody comes and says, you know, I want to hit the ball further. And I always dive a little deeper with them and find out what they're doing. And, and you know, a lot of people are on some type of exercise program. Mm-hmm. And... You know, one of the things I always tell people is if you're going to increase club head speed, you can't just lift weights or do stretching or whatever, but you have to do some form of speed training. And I'm curious what your take is on Bryson DeChambeau and as big as he's gotten and is he's definitely swinging the club faster, but it seems like for most people that isn't necessarily the route that you need to go to, to hit the ball further. Um, I just, I just think it has to be balanced. I think, you know, what Bryson's doing, and I don't know exactly what his program, you know, entails, but, uh, you know, everything needs to be balanced. You know, I, I think working on if your if your main goal is working on increasing swing speed, you know, one of the things that you have to have in that program is some kind of speed training, because if you're not making if you're not moving faster than your normal swing, then you're not really working on speed. Now. For different players, and everyone's going to be different on that, um, on the physical side, there may be more or less um, underlying physical deficiencies that could be really causing, um, you know, a a limit, if you will, on what their their physical capacity to help them increase speed could be. So, and the way I would put it is this, is like you might have one player that picks up just our speed training systems and gets huge results right away, and they're – you know, maybe they're physically in very good shape and there wouldn't be a lot of different things that they could do in addition to that, that, that would help them get more speed on top of it. Whereas player B 
might pick up the speed training stuff by itself, still get some gains, but at the same time, uh, they might have a lot of underlying physical pieces that if they worked on some of those things simultaneously or got some of those squared away ahead of time, they might get even bigger gains from the speed training. So it really just depends. I mean, I'm confident that Bryson's got really good coaches around him that are making good recommendations to him. And it might be in his case that, you know, strength and, you know, some of the force production that, that's important out of out of muscles might have been something that he was lacking previously. And that might have been an area that he really needed to improve to max out where he could go on, on strength. You know, because it, it really is a situation on, on that where everybody's in an individual basis and, and different. Every human being is going to be different. You know, doing it the wrong way, I would say, is very uh, detrimental. Like if you just get somebody and they just go in the gym and get a bunch of muscle mass and they don't make sure that they're maintaining good um, functional range of movement and, you know, good motor control over the muscles and they're just getting bigger, you know, that typically will cause people to get less speed. But done the right way, I mean, improving strength or the amount of force production that a, a player is capable of certainly is a path to getting more speed. It just has to be done properly. And Mike, tell us about the protocol that you use with, with super speed and what's the best way to utilize it? Yeah, so we have almost a two-year program laid out on our website that's actually available for free. So, I mean, everybody can just go to superspeedgolf.com and check that out, um, even if you don't have the products. But, you know, it, it's really a, a series of protocols that, you know, you're going to be swinging faster than your normal golf swing all the time using those lightweight clubs first. Um, and it progresses with you over a lot of time. So like the, the initial protocol is not that intensive as far as volume, because none of this training really needs to be intensive on volume. It's more about maximum intensity on each rep. But we do like about 39 swings in the first protocol. Um, the level five protocol, which you know players don't start until they're over almost a year into the training, has about double that. Um, but every single protocol also, half of those swings are gonna be on your non-dominant side. So we have players swing both on their you know, dominant side and non-dominant side, which we find to be very important, has some big impact biomechanically on their ability to create speed and power. Uh, so again, you're looking at about, in the first protocol, like 20 swings or so on your dominant side and about 20 swings on your non-dominant side. So it's not a lot of volume, but it is uh, pretty intense, generally speaking, when, when you do this. So the time invested in using super speed isn't huge. No, I mean, if you're spending more than about five to eight minutes doing the actual speed training protocol, you're doing something wrong. So, and we recommend three days a week with a day off in between for all the optimal results. So, I mean, you're looking at like 20, 25 minutes a week max, probably including your warm up to, to start doing this training. Um, you know, I, I think that's a, that's a really high value spend of 25 or 30 minutes to, you know, get the kind of results that you're seeing with your players that, you know, gain. 15 to 30 yards off the tee. You were saying the girls, Chris, with 10 miles per hour, just for both of you, what do you see in, a, well, let's just say a five mile an hour increase in, the, in, an, in a 15 handicapper or something. Uh, is, is there an average uh, gain or just a ballpark type number or no? Yeah, the average that we've seen over the course of years and thousands and thousands of people sending us data is about a 5% increase in swing speed, and that, that's a, a process that becomes permanent in about six to eight weeks of regular work with the product. Um, so 
that all depends on where you're starting, right? So like 5% is 5%. If that's a player that's starting around 100 miles an hour and they go to 105, that's on average about 15 yards. So if it's a player starting faster than that, it'll be a little bit more yardage. If it's a player starting lower than that, it'll be a little less yardage. But on average, about 5% gain in swing speed. It's huge on the 190-yard carries that we have all over our golf courses, Chris. <laughs> I mean, look, the other thing, too, that you have to consider there, too, is you're not just gaining speed on driver. I mean, that also means that, you know, you're probably going to be one club longer with your irons as well. So not only are you hitting it another 15, 20 yards off the tee, but then you also hit your six or seven iron a little bit further. So, I mean, it could be as much as a two to two and a half club, um, you know, differential in, in actually the clubs you're hitting into the green out of the golf course. So it, it is a pretty significant impact on players' games. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah, very nice. No question. Well, Mike, where, where do people learn more about Superspeed? Uh, best place to go is our website, uh, superspeedgolf.com. I mean, there's a bunch of social media channels you can check out. They have tons of content as well. But on our website, I mean, we have just hours and hours and hours of different tutorial videos and, um, you know, other in-depth type, uh, you know, podcasts and things that we've done, webinars that we've we've done. So if people want to learn more, that's really the best place to start. Mike, describe your product line just a little bit so people can kind of see it in their mind's eye. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, our, our standard overspeed training system we've had out for six years now has three clubs in it. Um, those three clubs, there's two that are lighter than your driver, one that's slightly heavier. And that's the system that works with just about, you know, it works with about two years worth of protocols. Now, we have sets in those in that system for players of you know all different ages and ability levels so you have systems from five-year-olds you know literally we start at about age five with our peewee sets um you have other junior sets you know two other junior sets then you have some different adult sets uh so i mean basically you have a set for anybody that would possibly need it so lots of different versions there sure and then um we also back in january came out with a new product called our super speed c club which is actually a, a system that's based around something called counterweight training. So it just kind of, uh, let's say, targets more hand and arm speed in the swing. But it's a single club training system that gets that overspeed training effect just for your hands and arms and has its own separate protocols as well. So that's kind of the picture on the golf side. Um, we actually have baseball and tennis products as well now, too. So kind of working with the same principles, helping players swing a baseball bat faster and and get some more speed on their tennis racket fantastic yeah very interesting makes total sense mike we sure appreciate coming on the show and and sharing such super speed and speed training yeah no absolutely uh we appreciate you having us uh back you know we're here just to you know help people have more fun with this game and you know you know when you said it i thought it was pretty telling when you said when people came into your lessons it was very rare uh you know they always wanted to get more distance I mean, I look at that on the other side. Is in my academies, I, I've never seen somebody come in and ask to hit it shorter. So <laughs> no. you know, I definitely think that we're we're hitting yeah. a part of the game that isn't very important to people and gives people more enjoyment. So anything we can do to promote that, we we definitely love to do it. So thanks for having me on today. Boy, I think almost anybody can afford five to eight minutes, uh, three days a week, twenty to twenty-five minutes a week to get your game better. Mike, thanks a million. That's Mike Napoleon, superspeedgolf.com, superspeedgolf.com for a, a not only information on how to use the product, the product is available for you there as well. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. 
Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. Thanks to our guest, Glenn Hagberg from Madden's, and uh, always good to check in with Glennie and put uh, put all the Madden's courses on your fall calendar for golf. Uh, this segment actually brought your way by Craigens, the Legacy Courses, and uh, Bobby's and Dutch's 18, and the Par 3 course, and all the great uh, dining and staying opportunities. And who knows, maybe uh, get a cruise on uh, on Dutch's big boat around the lake, Chris. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I haven't been on the, the boat yet. I gotta, I gotta take advantage of that before the year's over. Yeah, well, you don't take any days off. That makes a difference. It, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it uh, not a lot of, not a lot of downtime this time of the year. <laughs> we just had an update as we talk here. Is is that uh, uh, Brooks Kepka has uh, will not play in the FedEx, which uh, a little surprising. He was he was right there in the mix uh, coming down the stretch at the PGA. He had a chance to win it on the uh, on Sunday. He faltered a bit on Sunday, but I guess the knee is actually uh, it's bothering him. Yeah, yeah well, I, um, it's actually a hip injury. So I don't know if if you know because of the knee um, something's happened. You know, he's been favoring that his causes hip to to be injured or what. Uh, what the deal is, but I just saw a tweet on that, that, uh, that he had to withdraw. So, uh, really a shame because he, you know, really had not been playing very well. And then the last two tournaments has, has played, played very well. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's, he was starting to play quite well and talks about peaking for the majors. It's kind of, some people almost think, well, he, he just doesn't play that well a lot of the time. And, but he kind of thinks, yeah, I'll be ready for the majors. That's what I'm shooting for. And, Right. Uh, the, guess, the other side of it is, you know, it's it's always more interesting when Brooks plays because he's always he has something great to say or you know something to say about Bryson anyway. Yeah, and not afraid <laughs> to say it, or Bryson, or now DJ, and uh, he uh, yeah, that's right. He picks uh, some pretty high profile targets once in a while. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, golf's a little lesser without him playing. So hopefully he can be ready for the U.S. Open. Speaking of that uh, article in. Uh, uh, all on Golf Channel and also then reprinted. But uh, JT and Tiger snuck out for a peek at uh, Wingfoot, so not too surprising. Those two guys are pretty good buddies, Thomas and Woods, and uh, it's quite a venue. I know uh, a lot of – you have not played it, Chris. You've played a lot of the great courses, but it's just thought of as one of the best golf courses in the world. Yeah, it, it really is. It um, You know, it's a, it's a very hard test, but it's also very fair. It's not uh, – not tricked up at all, but you know some some good land movement, a lot of up and down, and uh, a lot of slope to the greens, and uh, it's going to be a great venue come September. And you know, a little different. Normally, the U.S. Open being played in in June, and and you know the heat of New York and longer days. So playing in the fall, it's it's kind of like the Masters. You don't quite know what to expect when we haven't seen that venue in the fall before. Yeah, I think it's going to be when those kind of situations come up. It's always uh, guys with great imaginations in combination with the great games. So uh, Thomas and Tiger played a couple of rounds. The article says, uh, and the verdict. Uh, JT said it's it's really hard. I absolutely loved it. It's one of my favorites, if not my favorite course I've ever played. It's right there in front of you. It's not tricked up. Nothing is hidden. You stand on the tee, you're 490 yards away with a really narrow fairway and a pretty severe green. says there's a lot of holes like that. So uh, that's pretty a pretty good explanation. It's right there yeah, for you. Exactly. And, and you better be careful. <laughs> that's right. 
So we've talked about the schedule, but, uh, man, that that's just the FedEx tournament and then the U.S. Open, and then not too long after that, the Masters. So we're going to have a, uh, a great run through the fall, that's for sure. Well, and with uh, no college football or very little college football, it should be some great uh, golf viewing this fall. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, one fight, we wouldn't be have a week on the show lately without a Bryson uh, note, so... Uh, his headline this week, David Dusek wrote an article for Golf Week, and uh, Bryson DeChambeau's title was, I wake up every day and feel like I can go faster. And uh, he's 26 years old, of course. Last year ended up 14th in the world. He's higher than that now. He's won uh, either two or three tournaments, counting the restart and the and the uh, regular season that had started before. But I wanted to ask you, Chris, because you're quite familiar with swing speed. You're always working with golfers at a variety of levels and age and Bryson thinks the best is yet to come for instance he says I wake up every day and feel like I can go faster I can swing faster he said with a smile just last week I got my six iron up to 112 miles per hour swing speed my ball speed was 160 and that was me going after it but I don't know where the limit is so tell me what 112 and 160 mean with a six iron in your hand Chris um, it, that means he is not human, but, uh, <laughs> uh, that, it, it, that's really fast. And, um, you know, you generally with, with a driver, for instance, um, the ratio of ball speed to club head speed, if you hit it perfectly in the center of the face, it's about a, uh, a 1.5 ratio. So it, it, for instance, if your club head speed was a hundred miles an hour, and you struck the ball perfectly in the center of the face, the ball speed would be 150 miles an hour. So um, to swing a, the average driver speed on the PJ Tour is 114 miles an hour. Oh, man. Uh, so with a six iron, he's, he's swinging at 112 miles an hour, which is just crazy. There are almost no players in the world who can, who can swing it that fast. So, you know, that equates to for, for every inch you add to a golf club or as a golf, the, the length of a club increases each inch is the equivalent of about three miles an hour club head speed. Okay. So, you know, that, that puts his driver club head speed in the 125 to, you know, 125, 128 range, which is, you know, that's the long drivers, the guys in the uh, world long drive championship. That's that's where their club head speed range is, and you know there's only Bryson and and um, you know, maybe Cameron Champ and a few other players on the PJ Tour who who are in that that neighborhood. Um, it, it's it's interesting to me though. I mean, for Bryson, what what's what's the end game? You know, it. Um, I, I'm, you know, I definitely promote speed and getting juniors to swing as fast as they can without sacrificing hitting the ball in the center of the club face. But at some point, you know, enough is enough. And you, you gotta, you know, what, what's, what's that extra distance going to gain you? You're not going to drive it on every green. You're not going to, you, I think you, at some point you reach a a, a marginal diminishing returns as -hmm. far as, as distance goes. And I don't know what that point is, but, um, his, his, it's interesting where he's going with it. And, you know, along that same line, I, I think you and I talked off air about it of the, the multiple winners on the PGA tour this year, 
so between the you know the start of the season and into the fall of 2019 and here we we've got brennan todd uh con marikawa uh justin thomas and webb simpson so those four guys have all won multiple times only Justin Thomas is in the top 100 in driving distance. So it's while distance is important, it's definitely not the most important thing. Certainly a confidence thing, too. Like you're saying, where is he going? He started seven events since the restart, DeChambeau now. He's been in the top eight in five of the seven. <laughs> yeah. And his scoring average leads the PGA at 68.8. Where does he want to go? He's, isn't he where he wants to be? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. I, and, um, you know, we've talked about it on the show before. How how long can you sustain the intensity of work on your body without having degeneration or, or, or an injury or whatever? It's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's interesting. I, I read a – I just started reading an article that I haven't finished yet, but about one of the things that, that – he's been surprised at is how good his recovery has been which if you going back to our our segment with uh, on whoop uh that recovery is so important and how we and how we train right and so i I'd, I'd be fascinated to hear what he's doing you know as far as recovery goes sure yeah whatever he's doing is working but how long can he last that's a good question a lot of uh, yeah. athletes have I think taking shots away from their game by doing this. Yes. Tiger basically because he got injured. David Duval, I don't think we've talked about it before, was ever the same again after he mm-hmm. went on the heavy workout strategy. Yeah, we'll see. I guess right now he's sure fun. <laughs> yeah, well, he definitely creates some some things to talk about and think about. That's for sure. And the thinking man games, you know, like Jim Herman wins last week. It's kind of fun to see a guy winning from uh, who's hitting the ball from a hundred yards behind the other guys sometimes, you know, and yeah. still finding a way to get it, get it on the green and make a putt and win. So that's right. Yeah, it's good stuff, Chris. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mac. You're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on 1380 KLIZ.